Nietzsche. One, two, Rams! You really brought it. Thank you. Thank you. You hang in there. You got a lot of ability. Have you ever seen a one trick pony in feet so happy and free? If you ever well, I was wondering if I could get some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one legged dog? You have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. If you ever seen you have a daughter? Oh, uh, my daughter, she don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me. What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. Two words, three, match. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s man, best ever. Guns N' Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90 sucks. 90 sucks. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. Everything you love, everything that loves you. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. Now, what do you think? What do you think about this? Eh? That'll work. Come here. And welcome back to episode 40, brother. Let me tell you something, Stu Johnson. We're going to review the wrestler, brother. Yeah, brother, let's go. If you smell what the rock is cooking. What? What? I'm going to take me some Steve Weisers. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> There's my wrestling impressions. I've probably deafened everyone now. We are doing the wrestler starring Mickey Rourke 2008. Starring, obviously, um, <laughs> starring Mickey Rourke, um, Mar Marissa Tomei, and, and others. Um... Stu, the wrestler, you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's, everyone knows. I didn't expect an introduction like that. <laughs> that was quite a surprise to me. You scared me for a minute. Sorry then. about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, what was the question? Sorry. Um, the wrestler. We, we've both seen it before. We're both fond of it. It's unfortunate that, once again, we don't know where... Well, Graham's on his course. Yes. We're not sure where Nim is. Um, no. He's making good progress, Graham. I think next week... We can expect laughter and uh, a couple of jokes, apparently. Nim, uh, I don't know who Nim is, but I know his name Who's is down Nim? for his pocket. Who's Nim? <laughs> Look, there's Nim. Who the hell's Nim? <laughs> but if you don't, don't get that joke, weird science. <laughs> weird science, exactly. Um, but yeah, The Wrestler, yeah, it was just a film that we picked. Wrestling is something of... Quite an obsession with you, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. It's near to. It's near to my heart. I'm, I've been a avid wrestling fan probably since the nineties, since uh, the Attitude Era, really when uh, Stone Cold and, and and The Rock was about slightly, and slightly before that, obviously with Hulk Hogan in the eighties. Yeah. And uh, and things like that. So I mean, I mean, obviously the wrestler. This was a return to form for Mickey Rourke, really, wasn't it? When you it think was. Yeah. It. I mean, I mean, get on to wrestling. I mean, you liked it so much. That you actually attended a wrestling school, didn't you? I and did, Stu, in, Cro in Croydon for about a month. And, and, and is this 
was this like the kind of school that's very similar in like the film The Best of the Best? Or was it like a Top Gun school of wrestling? How would you describe it? Uh, it, it was in between the two. Was it? It was a, Yes, yes, it, it was. It was. Or was there a plaque it, for the best wrestling? The only thing I know. Um, <laughs> no, it's not funny enough. Uh, best of the best, if you've heard of you want to see that. Um, <laughs> we're full of them today. So how long did you go to wrestling? Uh, About a month, for? a month and a bit. It was really difficult. I'm, I, I clearly... It's all about cardio. I'm not. I'm not fit enough to be a wrestler. Right. Was there another wrestling school down the road, like kind of the Cobra Kai? That no, you had fight Cobra Kai never died. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. And there was no one called Johnny there. There was no sweeping the leg. Either. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. No, for everyone listening, I am taking the piss out, James. I don't know. I always look eye. Yeah, that's my mess. That's my best Miss Miyagi impression. So, who's your favourite wrestler then? My favourite wrestler is probably Chris Jericho. Actually, um, is he still wrestling now? He wrestles all and off. He's part of a rock group called Fuzzy. Okay. Um, he wrestles on and off. He's 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 not bad. He's probably not the best wrestler in the world. I've read his books. He's got like three autobiographies. So why out. do you like Steve Jericho? Steve Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Uh, is it Chris Jericho? It's Chris Jericho. Is he not Steve at all? No, no, no. He's real, he's real, no you got Steve Austin. That's why I probably thought. You know about like Steve Austin? Except, uh, what? In fact, I've got two arms and two legs and a head. Oh uh, well, you don't have yeah, but yeah, but he's uh, he shaves his head just like you. Excellent. Does he have a fat brother? He does. There you go. I can look like go. his brother then. Stu Austin. Excellent. So, um, why do you like Chris Austin? Is it Chris? Did I get it wrong again? Chris Irvine. Chris Irvine. <laughs> His real name's Chris Irvine. His actual name's Chris Jericho. So, did I get it right? No, you didn't. Didn't. You failed. You failed. Um, stuff. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's one of the more entertaining wrestlers. He's really good at being a good guy. He's yeah. really good at being a heel, which is a bad guy in wrestling. Right. And I know the wrestler has full of full of um, things like that. Um, okay, so, Brian Austin is your favourite. God's sake. <laughs> anyway, um, let, let's let, let's get on with it before I. Uh, Give myself an ulcer, or Stu, <laughs> with the aid with the aid of you, Stu. So, what made you choose a wrestler? Then, why did you want to do this film? I mean, we've done a lot of uh, kind of I comedies like and things like that. Well, this is like a film we, like we haven't done before. It is a film we haven't done before, and and in terms of it, actually in in the wrestling industry at the moment, um, in the WWE, you've just had the Royal Rumble come the end of January, come the end of January, going on to WrestleMania. Um, as we record this, they got an actual pay per view, the far, WWE Fast Lane coming up on Sunday um, and it's normally the peak of the wrestling calendar when it goes up and I figured hey why not do the wrestler during it it came out in January la- in January not last year sorry 2000 I think it was 2008 uh, no 16th of Jan 2009 po- apologies in, so you um, like wrestling so much in this the UK. is the only podcast that you do is it What's the no I do do another wrestling podcast it's called Dog Dolly Pod myself and Mike two wrestling fans it's been going on for seven years it's called WW Pod yeah World Wrestling Podcast that's what it stands for and you cover every form of wrestling in we that pod. normally now it's just we are now it's been seven years and we're just bitter jaded fans now right. full of hate so if you want to listen to pure bitterness from my point of view and Mike trying to cheer me up that's basically what all the podcast is um, <laughs> it is quite entertaining though so I mean we do things like um, Wrestlemania specials where we are on pretty much almost every day for a week like with Wrestlemania updates we have like our own Hall of Fame where um, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin are in there now where we Induct him into our Hall of Fame. They have no idea they're inducted into our Hall of Fame. I'm sure they do. You're, you're, well, <laughs> you're too uh, modest. Yeah, yeah, and it's a uh, um, and, and, and there you go. So if you look up WWE Pod on the on the iTunes, you'll be able to download it. We, we try and have a show once every two weeks. Sometimes it ends up being it's not as consistent as the film world. It ends up being once a month. But if you like wrestling, I think you, and, and you can stand my voice. Uh, I think you may well like it. There so. you go. There you go. 
So onwards to the rest. I came out in 2008, over here, 16th of Dan, 2009, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, he, had, he did things like uh, Requiem, uh, more recently uh, Black Swan, obviously starring Natalie Portman. Um, uh, writer is a Robert D. Seagal. No, I don't think he's in any relation to Stephen. <laughs> Sounds like he's got some ounce of ability in his body, so I doubt if he would no, be related that is to right. oh, I know, I know. Graham would, Graham would be proud of you saying that. Um, I know. Starring Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei, Evan Rachel Wood and others. They're basically your three main stars in it. Um, we've got a uh, synopsis. I've got two. I've got um, a brief one. A faded professional wrestler must retire, but finds his quest for a new life outside the ring a dispiriting struggle. Which I think is much better, actually, than the actual plot summary I printed yeah. off initially. Because um, that about sums a film up, really, doesn't it? It is, really. It's a kind of... It's done in a documentary kind of way. It is so sharp. Kind accurate. of like end of watch, but the, the camera's not as shaky. Yeah, yeah. But it is... It's very kind of... Some of it's very personal and it feels like raw footage, doesn't it? It almost does, yeah. what you see, which is why, even though some scenes are quite drawn out, and there's not a lot of action, it's a lot of dialogue, that it has you, it's got that kind of sense of realism about it, and it does have you hooked, um, or pinned down, as you could say, pinned down to, to find out what's, what's going to happen next. It does, and, and it, I love the way the film starts. You've got bang your head, you know, yeah, yeah, which is actually Mickey Rourke's entrance theme throughout the beginning of the film. Right. And you've got all these flashbacks of the of like 80s pictures of Randy the Ram Robinson, who, mm. who is played by Mickey Rourke, um, you know, he's our, he's our protagonist. And what I love about it is, is the intro is fantastic. It's basically, they're trying to make him like a Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage kind of person, who is arrested very big in the 80s, and obviously hasn't, you know, didn't, wasn't very good at investing his was money. Was he based actually on a, uh, a wrestler of the 80s? He wasn't, it was based, look. There, was, there were different wrestlers. If you, even if you look at the trivia, there are different wrestlers who, who he was actually based on because they, um, there was a documentary called Beyond the Mat where many, many of you have heard of Jake the Snake Roberts. No. No? Okay. A lot, okay, he was, he was quite a big wrestler um, in, in the 80s and early 90s. He went off the wagon with obviously drugs and alcohol, which we obviously, it's not specifically said in this film, but we assume that's what Mickey Walk had, especially when you look back at the relationship he, Mickey Walk had with his daughter, yeah. which is very similar to uh, obviously this, this Jake the Snake, where on this documentary Beyond the Mat, which follows a number of wrestlers, including him, he tries to make friends with his daughter, says, you know, and, and lets her, I think he pretty much lets her down again, yeah. we found out later on. Um, which is very similar to this but then when you look at um, the success he had uh, the big match with Randy the Ram Robertson versus the Ayatollah the big one of the big matches that made Hulk Hogan uh, uh, the star the, the star he is arguably could be Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik from, from Iran so that you know the, well, so that's based loosely it's the same isn't it really? yeah it's very, it's very similar but then you've got um, the macho man Randy Savage who's obviously you know rest in peace he passed away on my birthday. Can you believe that? That was nice. I didn't know he was dead. No, he had a heart attack uh, in what? his car. And oh, did crash. he? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, a few years back. But um, he had basically, his main drop was a, one, was a single elbow drop from, from right. like, the top of the rope. Obviously, Randy the Ram does, does, does this double elbow yeah. drop, you know, called... called um, the Ram, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ram Jam. Ram Jam. Ram Jam. So uh, it, is, it is loosely based on... A number of different wrestlers, which which is good because I wouldn't really, I really, I wouldn't want to watch it. I wouldn't want it based 
on a particular wrestler then, which, which I think is quite good. So it wouldn't be the same if it was a wrestler from the 80s who's retired now and they're doing a life story of this wrestler. Well, you don't the think funny it would be thing is, a lot of wrestlers who made it big, even people like Ric Flair, did not... They were very. They got their money. They were getting, you know, paid like almost well, not quite footballers' wages now, but a lot of money back then. Like, you know, it's, it's into the millions yeah. come the end of the year, and they'd just spend it. They wouldn't invest it. They'll spend it on going out, and all of them, yeah. on obviously you know, the rock and roll lifestyle of the eighties, and then the, and then you'll see them suffering in the nineties with all these injuries. So these wrestlers that, like that. that come around now. I mean, I, I I only know Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin, and. Uh, the Bush, Bushwhacker twins or something? Oh, am I just making names up? Is there Bushwhacker brothers or there something? There is Bushwhacker brothers, yes. Cashback. That's what... So, when they're kind of wrestling on like the amateur circuit, mm-hmm. how do they make it a big time then? What makes it that they get uh, well, it notice in? What used to happen, um, there used to be uh, lots of different territories in, in America. And um, back in, I think, uh, the late 70s, uh, it, during the 80s, uh, Vince McMahon Senior, who um, bought them all up, and then Vince McMahon, who now owns WWE, bought, bought the company from his dad, and there was no longer really any more territories because of the territories where a lot of people got their training, and then a lot of people like like Chris Jericho and other people went to Japan and around the world on these semi-amateur, yeah. you know, professional wrestling uh, things to, to train, and then they made it to WWE because they sent out scouts, kind of like they would in football. Right. This guy's quite good. I've heard about him. We'll sign him up. We think we think we could do good things with him, you know. And they'll, they'll come to WWE. They'll make a character. Which I'm being a bit of a cynic when it comes to wrestling, as you know. It is real. No. Um, <laughs> when you say they like what they see, that's really that's purely got to be based on an image, isn't it? It, it, it can't be based on the wrestling, surely. Unfortunately, um, Vince McMahon is is well known to be liking the big muscle, you know, big muscly guys yeah. that look really good, and it's based on the image. Now, the difficulty you've got. With people like, arguably like Hulk Hogan, but, but uh, other people. Hulk Hogan, he's not the best wrestler in the world. He does have charisma, but he's not... His matches, if you actually really strut them down, I can show you a lot more entertaining matches than Hulk Hogan matches, but because he was such a big deal, the crowd went crazy for him. Uh, and, and, and his charisma, and the way he comes across on the mic, he obviously had the it factor, or the X factor, was, was brilliant, but his in-ring stuff is not that amazing. Yeah. And if you look at him, they're very, all his matches are very, very similar. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's You're quite right. interesting, two different perspectives, because obviously I've never been a fan of a wrestling. I mean, I used to love the wrestling back in the 80s, yeah. when it was Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, and it was just basically people who were really overweight and couldn't gain any kind of proper employment, would just wrestle, and they were just fat, sweaty monsters, you know? Yes. Now it's complete opposite, it's a contrast, where they're, they're athletes and they stuff are. like that, but I, I always... I find it strange people say it's a really entertaining match. I mean, it, I love boxing. An entertaining boxing match, two skilled boxers trying to outwit each other and basically you get the champion at the end. With boxing, because um, with wrestling, because it's kind of choreographed, yeah. then I don't understand how you can get an entertaining match when it's... Choreographed. Yeah, um, it's choreographed. Well, you've got things... Yeah, you're right, but you, if you get into it, you kind of suspend your disbelief, basically. Right. So that's uh, the mindset... Yeah, that's yeah. the mindset when I look at it. I spend my disbelief in there. And you'll have basically, it's two athletes for almost like, but some people would argue performing like some kind of like a dance. Yeah. Right, rather than that. And then, then you'll get interesting matches for the, and it's all about the storylines, for example. You know, um, like, um, what is it? Um, in a, I'm just picking a few from the top of my head. Uh, John Cena versus Edge uh, a few years back. Edge went to John Cena's house and punched his dad. 
for yeah. example, you know, where's John Cena smacked yeah. John Cena got really angry. So, so the next show, John Cena ran down the ring and started smacking it. They had to pull apart and everything, and they're like, okay, we're having a match for the next pay-per-view. It ended up being a ladder match. So if you've got to climb a ladder, grab the belt, and then if you right. grab the belt, you're the champion. Do you think some people actually think it's real? A, a lot of kids do. But adults. A lot of kids do. Adults. Some, I'm sure some in America still might think, still might think it's real. There, there are incidents that happen on the show where, where you do question, well, okay, was that really meant to happen? Or that was quite real. Where, For example, um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. comes down yeah. and he starts his feud with the big show. He's going to WrestleMania, the biggest show. He actually breaks his nose, legitimately. You know, he broke his nose. That wasn't... Well, who went and broke? Big show went, come on, punch me then. And, and he went, okay, smack. And he actually proper smacked his Why nose. Why would you say that? You're right. Ever. Having said that, I've never seen Floyd Mayweather run so fast. This guy's seven foot two. So yeah. he punched someone that's seven foot two. So he gets up and actually proper chases him Probably, out of the ring. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sure that was in the script, but I know the break of the nose wasn't in there. And you, you'll, get in, you'll get into this like that. Yeah. That will quite happen. Yeah. And some people go off, off, off topic on the mic. Like us now. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but but what? But in, in terms of, of the, the first thing we see, the credits. It's you know, it's a really rocking song. I love it. It's an awesome. It's an awesome track for the gym. Uh, when I used to look semi good, and I could I could see my too feet modest, when I look down. Too modest. Um, but then, uh, uh, but then it goes to present day, mm. and it's completely different. He's sitting. He's, he's sitting in his chair. He look. He look. He looks old, and it very quickly goes from. Uplifting song, I think. It's very depressing very, very quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the first time we watched it, you didn't really know what to expect when the crowd are cheering. You expect it to come in to like a like a montage of songs and or to go into a fight, basically, don't you? Yes. To see the end of a fight where he's actually really successful and he's a big name because of the crowd are all cheering his name. But as you rightly say, it goes into the complete opposite of any success and happiness, doesn't it? It does. It does. Really. It does. I mean, I mean, and this is this is a guy. He very quickly say was wrestling in front of like Madison Square Garden. He mentions in in the credit mm. sequences, and now he's wrestling pretty much what we believe to be this this time, and and a couple of other times at like a leisure centre, essentially yeah. like your local leisure centre down the road. I mean, I mean, even even the bloke comes up to him and says, "Oh, look, the, you know, here's the money. It's not as much the yeah. gate of meaning the gate meaning the people coming in and how much everyone paid her wasn't obviously as good." As we thought, and it's like, whoa! But it's that's... really interesting the way that's done, though, isn't it? It is because he's sitting there in the corner of the room. You have, you don't see his face for quite yeah, a while with his back, so he looks kind of dejected straight away, doesn't he? Yeah, the way his body language is. Yeah, and the fact that he's sitting in a corner, all on his own, with his back to the, the slightly to the camera, and the guy just gives him the money, and as you say, the gate receipts aren't high. We thought more people would turn up, and then his head kind of bows even more that. You that paints such a the picture of the whole film, doesn't it? That it does. It, 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 it's, unfortunately, luck. it's only going to get worse before he gets better. Yeah. Because uh, the camera follows him from behind. He walks in there. A couple of people, I think, asking for his autograph or talking, or you know, talk, talking to uh, a yeah. to to good old Randy. Um, and obviously, prior to that, the, the main match of the film's obviously obviously set up where Randy's manager poses a 20th century rematch with uh, the Ayatollah. You know, yeah. you know, it's been 20 years, the one that sold out of Madison Square Garden. Obviously, Randy agrees, hoping this high-profile match will get him to the top. Mm. Um, and interestingly, there's a lot, a lot of times the wrestlers have been interviewed that have had their day, and, and, and it's obviously gone, and they're there, like a, even at places like Comic-Con, for signings and stuff. Um, and they'd always say, yeah, 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 I think this will get me back to the top, and things like that, and you, and you never know. Um, it, I don't know if you ever watched the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster, 
it's a documentary about steroids and, and, and obviously um, the muscle industry yeah. and stuff. And they even go to gyms there where good old Arnold used to he used to work out back in a, you know Hollywood. And people even there were really old and say, no, I was an extra in this film. I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it in case I get called up it's again. It's a really sad existence, isn't it? It is. It is, it is a really sad existence because you, you're, living, you're, you're, living you're living on your past, aren't yeah. you? And the funny thing was, not to wind forward too much, but in the film, maybe apart from right at the end when he's doing the speech, you felt that Randy was happiest when he had that full-time job. Mm. You know? And, and that really, and that, for me, that really, really showed. Yeah. Um, he's living on his past. He's the only one living on his past, isn't he? Yeah. And no one else cares but about what, his yeah, past. No one else cares about his past until he gets into the ring and everyone there cares because he's a big deal. Like, you know, yeah. like seeing Hulk Hogan. And then when it all ends... The wrestling match, it's all over. So I can, I can almost, I can understand the buzz that people like him will get from it. Yeah. And it's all, I'd imagine it's almost like a drug. Like, yeah, they still like me. I've still yeah. got it. You know, especially particularly at the end when they're all going yeah. crazy. But then no one really cares once the lights go out. And no, that's it's it. Like a lot of pro footballers, why they turn to drink and drugs when you've got thousands and thousands of people calling their names. Yeah. And then you retire, and then you're a has been, and then the next one comes along. We can't. We, we can't. Yeah, right. We can't. We can't all be Gary Lineker. Yeah. You know, we can't always... We can't always know though. Walker's adverts. Yeah. But that's what it's like. And as you say, it's a drug and they need that, don't they? They yes, need the attention. They do. So they get negative attention by turning to drugs and alcohol. It's a, it is a sad... Yeah, right. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's very, very true. Yeah. Um, it's hard to feel a lot of... Um, oh, much sadness for them, really. Um, because they have everything given to them. They, yeah, and, and it's what they, they did with it at the time. It's, yeah, exactly. And you kind of think there's a lot of people worse off. Who there are, are, well, there are. Yeah, yeah people most like... people with no money are a lot more generous and happy and a lot to give away what they've got than a lot of people who've got shitloads of money need that limelight, feed off it, feed off yeah. the fame, and then just burn it all, don't they? No, no and I think money does make you happy. It, there's, you could argue it does help to a certain yeah. extent, but it's not, it's not the ultimate tool of happiness. I mean... Uh, you, you know, I know it sounds so tropey and cheesy. I'd much rather have a family around, you know, having an opening Christmas presents, you know, that, you know, a couple of things yeah. couldn't really afford much, but here you go, than sitting on your own with a million pounds at Christmas, for example, having no one to open presents with. Yeah, and that's pretty much the situation here, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I mean, he's alienated his family. Goodness, he's clearly either divorced or, or, or doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, it's not actually explained, really, why, no, whether the fact, it, it was like, the circuit, that, whether it was drugs or whether it was drink that actually... It wasn't. We assumed it, it was, because uh, if you read between the lines, I assumed it was something like that. Yeah. And the fact that he was away, away from his family a lot, because a lot of wrestlers are on the road like 300 days a year, yeah. unfortunately, and stuff. So, I mean, I mean obviously, we, we see Randy, he goes home after being at that, and he gets locked out of his trailer because he hasn't paid. Yeah, he lives so in a trailer get, park. Which he does, is a, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is, which is getting more depressing, really, really depressing. Um, and then he ends up falling asleep in the back of the van. Um, and that's obviously, it was around this time when we proper see, we see his face for the first time. Yeah, uh, it's Mickey Rock, what has he done to his face? So was that for this film, or was it... it looks, well, I, I, I was trying to think back to when I saw Iron Man 2. He doesn't look... Take away the hair, he doesn't look that, diff, that, that different, does he? No. Um, was it... Is it the plastic surgery he, he did? Because he... He had nine and a half weeks with Kim, with Kim, good old Kim. Yeah. And that was and that was kind of it. That was like. But I know wife. he did boxing and he got badly beaten up, didn't he? he? Did, didn't he? A boxing match he had. Um, 
But I just don't remember him in uh, Iron Man. Being that bad. Mind you, in Iron Man, he, because he played the bad character, you can kind of get away with yeah, looking yeah, that way. Um, but in this, obviously, he plays someone who, who you kind of you want to like and you're meant to like. And well, this is the thing, because very quickly, when the kids wake him up in the van, he gets out, makes out he's angry, then starts yeah. playing with them. And throughout the film, he, I felt he's a very likable character. Yeah. Um, you, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, I think only, only twice he did things which he thought that wasn't very nice, um, which, we'll discuss, which we'll discuss later. But he's quite, he's quite a likable character. He, he tries to be nice. Yeah. He doesn't really get angry when, when people are being quite rude to him, for, for example, his boss. Yeah, and his boss just takes the piss out of him constantly, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He, so, I mean, he imagine does. going to work and having people take the piss out of you, James. Oh, it's shocking, isn't it? It's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how you can live. I mean, and, and the next day, he, does, he goes to load boxes at the supermarket, and this is obviously um, where he works. Uh, and he, he asked his boss if he could do more hours, because clearly there's a money problem mm-hmm. there. If the trailer pass locked and he can't, he can't and as I said, his boss is very rude to him. It takes a mick out of uh, the cost of types going up. Being obviously the reason why yeah. he's more. So everyone knows he's a, he, he's a wrestler. His boss doesn't care. No. I mean, you imagine doing that to someone like Hulk Hogan. This is essentially what, what, what the boss is doing. Yeah. You know? And you imagine how humiliating it must be. Well, yeah, for, exactly. For, for obviously Randy. And, the fact that, and that's why he didn't want to really work on a deli counter because it's degrading yeah. and it's got to be face on with people. And everyone and, knows. Oh, yeah. look, you're now working at a deli counter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know? kind of a, it's just another knife in the back, really, isn't it? It, it is, it is, and, uh, and all this sets up the film and plays into it, plays, it's foreshadowing almost, and it plays, yeah. into it, plays into it later, and this boss obviously, uh, you know, says, uh, Randy laughs it off obviously, and he said, just not at the weekends, and the boss says, he basically says, see, here's what you can do. Um, and obviously we, we go on to later that night, we meet one of the other main characters, who, uh, Marissa Tomei, playing uh, Cassidy, or Pam, yeah. uh, which way, and the interesting thing is, throughout the film, these two characters almost mirror each other in what they're, what they're going through. Yeah. Um, she's really, really good in this film, isn't she? She's a really strong character. She, she, she is. She yeah. is. I mean, she's great. I mean, say she's a stripper, um, but she's very kind of independent, isn't she? It becomes apparent, obviously, she's got um, a child and she's working there to support herself, to better herself. Yeah, we don't know that at first. We find that kind of halfway through the film, which... Is a bit of a was a tiny bit of a surprise, yeah. but it but it, it just shows you how how much we how much we all, we all stereotype. Yeah, and again, she's he goes to the uh, the strip club where she's working, and she's in a private room with uh, these young kind of college kids, isn't They're she? Taking the camera, yeah. Yeah, he was saying, "I don't want my mum dancing for me" and stuff like that, and he goes in there and tells them what for. So, and again, as you say, they they're both kind of on the same path, aren't they? Where yeah. she's getting shit at work. Her age is going against her, no matter how much she can help it, it is. Yeah, so she's again, trying to live in her past in yeah, one way. I mean, right. she's still very good looking. Yeah, she's stunning yeah, and lovely, yeah. But in terms of, in terms of her role, you, yeah, you could, you could argue that you know, age, age definitely is, is going against her. Do you her. think they need each other? Or not really? I think they do in the end. In the end they do. They realise they need each other. But then is it, is it too late? I mean, we've got, you know, that whole ending to talk about. Yeah. Um, I think I think they do, and I, th- I think they realise it at completely different times in the film. Yeah, because right. I thought when I first watched it that um, the chemistry Duran was uh, he was her boyfriend because he tells those guys to fox your ass and go away, and then sits down and she lap dances for him, and then they're kind of chatting and kind of being a bit cheeky to each other, and then he pays her 
And, and it really surprised me the first time I watched it when he paid her, because I thought he was doing that to protect his girlfriend, his partner. And uh, so he gets a nice lap dance after there's a way of saying thanks. Yeah. But then he pays her for it. Then he realised, well, obviously they're not together. And again, it kind of shows how lonely he actually is that his only, his only real female company he's got at the moment. He's got to pay for. He's got to pay for, yeah. Yeah, but you, you can tell there's some chemistry there in terms of they, they get on with each other. They, they be, he's obviously been doing this for a while because of, because of what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, which is, which is obviously quite interesting. Um, and, and then obviously uh, she, she goes on stage after that and then we, we switch obviously to the next morning and this is where we see uh, good old the Ram going through his training rituals. We've got obviously uh, getting his hair bleached at a salon with yeah. someone that doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, that's quite which, a funny which, scene. It, really, <laughs> there's a few scenes which uh, I'm sure they're meant to be intentionally funny, but they're only funny because you're laughing at the situation rather than... Yeah, he's got a, some oriental woman yeah. trying to dye his hair and he keeps telling her where to dye it and where to stick you it. Fry, you fry, you fry, my head kept <laughs> falling yeah. out the last time. Yeah. yeah, and again, even that, I felt sorry for him that he's got to go through all of these rituals and preparation and you just know he's not going to make it. And you know, he's got no money, but he's still spunking his money up the wall on shit like this, really. No, exactly, exactly. So, I'm just uh, trying to get, trying to get, trying to get a bearing of the situation. Um, and, uh, I mean, we've already, we, we see that, the, the, we see the first match, obviously, at this, um, at, at the Leisure Centre, quickly going back to that. And you see, obviously, it's quite, it is quite pathetic. And obviously, you see, you were mentioning in it uh, about the first time, you, it's called Blading, obviously, he gets the blade. And, and yeah, and I was really surprised about that. And obviously Mickey Rourke actually did that, and, and a lot of wrestlers do that. For me, it's still quite shocking to watch. Yeah. Because if you see the ref got distracted, you never really see the wrestler actually do it if they're, if they're any good. Yeah. Um, but it's, what I enjoyed was the, the chat in the dressing room, because this is the guy with the mohawk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he goes into the dressing room and they, they all sit down together, all the wrestlers, and they obviously know each other, and they've got utmost respect for um, Randy the Ram. And he's kind of legend status, isn't he? He is. And he has so, a locker room there as well, didn't he? Yeah, and they, they call out who's fighting who. And then they leave him alone to work out the, the choreograph what is going to happen when they go yes. in the ring. And the fact that the guy was saying, it's a real honour to fight with you. You're an absolute legend. And he says, what do you want to do? And then they start kind of working out what they're going to do. And I quite like that. And that was all improvised, wasn't it? It a is. lot of the locker room stuff they said was a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it is improvising, and then they usually bring on the cheap heat, brother. Cheap heat. Yeah. You know I Meaning, um, for example, like if you and I were having a match and you were the good guy, if I punch you in the balls, that's kind of out of order. It'd be cheating. Yeah. You know, I would distract the ref and hit you with a frying pan. That's like for things like cheap. Yeah. Heat. But to um, cut, when he actually, when I first watched it, he got that razor blade. Not being a wrestling fan whatsoever, I, I really didn't know what he was going to do with that. And when he cut himself on the forehead, and obviously the head bleeds excessively, didn't it? Yeah. That was. Really shocking that yeah, he actually it did is. that. A lot, quite a few wrestlers, if they know they're going to blade cut themselves format, they'll take a couple of aspirin as well in the blood, so it looks more impressive where the blood gushes out as well. Um, proper hardcore, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think the, the fact is, it, 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 some people could argue it adds to a match. So you've got this like 20 minute match and, and you end up two people mm. bleeding and it can get really bad. Some wrestlers have bladed too much and actually lost too much blood and they have to be taken to hospital. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is the name of entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? People go to wrestling, know they do, they fans, do. they know what to expect. They do. It doesn't, because WWE are in this PG era, it doesn't really happen anymore. They don't do, they don't do that anymore. But it used to, it used to be quite common. Um, and I think if done, if done all the time, it may, it's quite a big deal when someone does that. Um, 
the fact that he's doing it at a leisure centre to entertain 40 people and he's cutting himself, he did, oh, it's, he's yeah. obviously hardcore. It's yeah. just something about, about his character. Yeah. But it's, once again, you say it's still, he's still stuck in his past. Why would he want to do that for 40 people? Because he, he was the last one on the, He was the, the main event. He was the main he? event, yeah. For the, they said for the strap, so it was obviously for the title. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it's, just, it's just crazy, isn't it? Um, but there you go. Uh, now, interestingly, we see, obviously, going back to his training ritual... What, what, um, he go, going to the dollar store, he buys a few items from his upcoming match, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, and th- we have this big, big match with obviously. Well, that was, well, that was when, what is that when they go into the shop and buy kind of pots and pans? And stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, that's with the uh, steroid scene, though, isn't it? it it's, uh, funny enough, apparently that bloke, I've, I've got in the truth, he got, he got arrested for very similar offence. What, actually selling steroids? Um, yeah, let me see here. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure, Stu. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He did. Here you go. It says here on IMDb, Scott Siegel, the actor who portrayed a steroids dealer in the film, was arrested a few months after the release for steroids possession and assaulting federal officers. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, assaulted federal officers. He, apparently, so. he's built like a brick shit house. He's an enormous I'm bloke. Not, yeah, he? yeah. I, I, I know. Obviously, that the, the police and all law agencies do a fantastic job. Yeah. If I if I walked up to that, I'd I'd I'd, I'd want helicopters and. And yeah, dogs and, and, yeah. and yeah, back, complete backup. I need, I need yeah, an army. It just will never happen. Bloke's a tank, isn't he? He's a monster, isn't he? He, he is really is. Not Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Um, but th- this guy wasn't a wrestler. I'll tell you, he's just an actor, is he? I, I think so. Yeah. I, I, unless they they did use in the film um, a lot of wrestlers uh, who were like, oh, on the indie scene that I'm not even hardcore enough to know. Yeah. Quite, but because there are quite a few of them uh, that that I recognise now now in WWE, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, um, which I'm, which I'll obviously mention later. What, like one of them is still is still wrestling. Because right. uh, so after that scene, as you say, they go to the shop, don't they, which to buy props? Yeah. Which, yeah, which is quite funny. It's uh, some of the stuff they buy to improvise in the shop with. This would work. This pan would work, and these trays would work. But they do do that. They do do that. Yeah, it's just quite amusing. It's it it quite is. sad in a way, isn't it? It is quite sad. But what I love about this film so much is. Um, the writer and obviously Dan Aronofsky they've actually done their they've done their research yeah. and like obviously the, you know the first Iron Man the director right, they have a they have a passion for what they're doing they have a passion for their job and that really shows out like for example Rocky um, and then a lot of films that are really successful it's because the director and the people doing it have a passion they want it to be really good yeah. they're not doing it just because you know, you know, like like I think Michael Bay surely does for yeah. the money. Thinking a few add a few explosions here, let's get let's get the big money in. Yeah, um, and, and that's what as you say that that's why it was so good because someone like me who knows nothing about wrestling whatsoever could watch this, and it was just really interesting. It was it was really kind of documentary style behind the scenes. I think there's was. only something like twelve minutes of wrestling in this something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not that much. To yeah, it. it's an hour and fifty minutes. Exactly. So to to get someone's attention. It has to be well invested with a lot of kind of really good dialogue and kind of information and background story about what they do and stuff like that, yeah. which this film did to keep my attention. So, I mean, kudos to the writer and producer of this because it was really, really good. It, it was. I mean, I've always thought it always reminded me a bit of the first Rocky in terms of the, the, the way the way it was shot, not the documentary thing, but the storyline, the fact that Rocky didn't know much boxing in, even though no. it was about boxing. Yeah, it was yeah. just the start of it. Uh, it was almost a character bit. study, like this is, essentially. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it was that, and it was the, the training montage. Yeah. And that was but it. how many times, I mean, we look at, for example, um, the Batman sequel, The Dark Knight. Mm. It's not really a superhero film, is it? It's a crime thriller. Yeah. With superheroes in. It's a, you know, it's a good, 
yeah, it's a good film first before you talk about the subject of wrestling. Um, and obviously, he has this really extreme match against a, a wrestler called Dylan Summers, who's known at these the Necro Butcher in CZW. So um, he, this guy's an actual wrestler, is he? He's, he's an actual wrestler, yeah, the guy I wrestled with. When I watched this he does guy, the, I thought everything he was a saw, sick bastard. He does, that, really he does that. Well, the chants were very much like um, Extreme Championship Wrestling, which was around late 90s, which um, basically took all this hardcore style of wrestling and pretty much put it, not quite to the mainstream, but to a, to a big audience. Would you say this was wrestling? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because of this, uh, this ECW era. The, they were like the... You had WWE... You had World Championship Wrestling, WCW, I'm sure some people have heard of both. And then you had ECW, which was, at the time, the third biggest wrestling company, based, I think, um, in uh, Philadelphia. So that, that doesn't exist now? It doesn't exist, no. Vince McMahon, in 2001, he bought, he bought all of them. So he right. like, had this monopoly. And it so it still exists in a format, but just not ECW? And, well, it doesn't, ECW doesn't exist, but what happened now, what happened is this, these other smaller things, like, I think, uh, this was shot at CCW. Um, I forgot what that... I forgot what that actually stands for, but it's very, very similar. It's like hard, this hardcore wrestling, like using ladders, lots of blood, you know, you know, using barbed wire and stuff like that. Um, it almost has this like underground feel, like the first few yeah, UFCs did. I mean, for people who haven't seen it, t- tell everyone what actually happens in these kind of in this fight in particular. Well, the, well, this fight. I mean, everything you see the Necro Butcher do, he actually does. Uh, I mean, what what I liked about. What I liked about firstly about this, all three, all three wrestling matches were shot very differently. This one I thought was brilliant. You saw the aftermath of the of the uh, of the match with Mickey Rock looking a complete state. That was really that was done that so, so clever. Yeah, it, it was so refreshing. It wasn't just another wrestling match, was it? It was, and then you just saw the flashbacks. Yeah. For example, you saw the ending of it, the aftermath of Mickey Rock, and you saw the how it began, sitting down, slapping each other. Yeah. And and then you you, you saw them wrestling. You saw them using, obviously, the light tubes hitting each other. Because they broke it down um, when, as you say, before the fight, they're chatting about staples. Staples? Oh, that was funny. Yeah, and if Mickey Rourke kind of thought he was taking a piss, the way he looked, he goes, what? He goes, yeah, I'm gonna, we stuck staples in each yeah. other. And he goes, oh, go on then, it's a bit of pain, it's, it's, hard, it's worse coming out. So, then that's all you see when they go into the ring. As you say, the next scene is Mickey Rourke looking Pinning. properly... And every time um, when he's being attended to by the paramedics there, um, every kind of bit they remove from his body brings on another flashback to it how does. we actually got it, yeah. which is, as you say... I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. It, was so, it was so good. Um, so pulling things out like glass, and you think, how did glass get in him? Flashback to like a window or something like that. Yeah. You think, fuck you now. I know, I know. And, and I'm not, it's not, this is not even, I know, and I mean it, it's not even an exaggeration of what happens. This is what happens in some wrestling. Uh, so what actually happened to him in the ring? What, what did... he, well, he, got, he got stapled. You, you, got, you got the fluorescent lights. He obviously had, he had the window thrown over him. Um, we don't really know how long the match lasted. You know, a lot of matches normally, the average match is 15, 20 minutes. What, in that kind of... Potentially, yeah, 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 it could have been, it, it may well have been. Well, people are basically torturing each other. That's what I said. So it was barbed wire, wasn't it? Yeah, and the, uh, I mean, the interesting thing is, is, is the crowd even were, were, were getting into it, like, you sick fuck, they were starting, and, th- and obviously, you know, and obviously things like that, yeah. which, was quite, which was quite interesting. And the ladder as well, when they got up the ladder, the, what's he, what's he called, the necrophilia? The necrobutcher. Necrobutcher. Yeah. And, and he's, he pulled Mickey Rourke up this ladder... Yes. Uh, it was a really, really big ladder, isn't it? It is, it is. And then he kind of, Mickey Rourke, the last minute, twisted and threw this guy on this... Um, on the table it, with the barbed wire. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a kind of wallpapering table, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And the, yeah, the tables just laid them with barbed wire. And, oh, and sometimes it, they set the, the um, they'll use a lighter fluid. It's a special lighter fluid, yeah. which is designed not to burn you too much. And they'll set the flow, they'll set the table alight and, and send you through it. So it was just horrific. It, it's really, it as you say, it's like underground wrestling, yeah. but it's it's kind of gone beyond barbaric. It's kind of it's quite, like, it's it's like hostile or something like that. <laughs> the hostile of wrestling. Yeah. And did Mickey Rourke know what he was getting into before this? Well, this is the thing he must have done because 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 he read the script and what. Throughout this, from what I like about Mickey Rourke is a lot of it. I, I don't, I don't know whether they really how many, or how many times they really use a stunt double. But a lot of it is actually him. Yeah, he did his, yeah, he, he, he did his thing, own stunts, which is fantastic. Yeah, because he said no stuntmen were injured doing this because none were used. So, and he really, and he really threw himself into this role. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, the yeah. picture, if you look on um, uh, Twitter at the film reel cast, I posted a picture on there. Mickey Rule basically flying through the air doing yes. his double ram. He did, he did, he did receive um, training from, I think, one of the Wild Samoans, which were used to be in WWE. It's incredible. I mean, that, that uh, wrestling match uh, with this guy was really hit me hard when I first watched it. Yeah. I didn't know that kind of thing existed. And it, it was just shockingly violent and brutal. sick. I know, I yeah, know. it is brutal, yeah. It, I don't know why anyone would want to robot. do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people want to do that. No. I mean, the lifespan of a wrestler doing that. All for entertainment. <sighs> Who's entertained? I really don't. Well, and you've got the things. prosthetic limb, haven't you? Oh, yeah, use his leg at that chant. That actually did happen at an ECW show, I think, where someone had a prosthetic leg. And what the fans used to do at this wrestling, they used to bring things for the wrestlers to use, like right. a chair or a baseball bat, yeah. or things like that. And obviously, I think someone actually uh, uh, used their prosthetic leg. Yeah. Prosthetic. 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 Yeah. Uh, millennium. Prosthetic yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> leg. Uh, yeah. And that, uh, that apparently happened at an ECW match. And, yeah. and that's what's so nice. It's, it's, it's taken these things from, from wrestling that have almost yeah. become cult for the wrestling fans. So not everyone will know that. But for uh, what I love, for the, you know, like, you know, uh, 20,000 fans like or whatever. They're like, oh my goodness me, that's so cool. Yeah. Which... Once again, shows you the passion, obviously. Mm. You know, and go, uh, going to something similar from your point of view. That's like when Marvel have when you watch a film, you have all of these Easter eggs which you didn't realise before. Yeah. For example, oh my goodness me, that's so cool. And so, um, and obviously after the match, once the doctors pretty much stapled, well not stapled, taking the staples out, sort of sorted Randy out. The bigger, uh, uh, one of the big, you know, things that happen in the film to Randy is he essentially, well, we believe he has a heart attack. Um, obviously, Randy gets up. He's quite, it's quite a graphic scene. He, he pukes yeah. on the floor. He obviously holds his arm. So this is which is why we all assumed it was a heart attack. They, they did say, didn't they? Yeah, later on they did, yeah. yeah. Um, and, he, and he falls to the floor. Yeah. I've never seen someone have a heart attack, but for, uh, which is a good thing, mm. which I'm glad about. But for me, that's realistically, that's exactly how it would happen, I'd imagine. And again, the way it was shot and done, he was very alone, wasn't he? All alone, yeah. Everyone yeah. had gone. And uh, it was a, it kind no of one there. went back to the start of the film again, where he's sitting there all alone, covered in blood. Again, he's covered in blood, has a heart attack on this dirty changing room floor, yeah, and just collapses. It's it's really sad, isn't it? It is, it is, it is, and it just, it just gets sadder. I mean, he wakes him in hospital to learn that he suffered this heart attack, and he needed you know a very emergency bypass, and the the, the doctor basically says that you can have some exercise. And the minute Randy. Um, Mr. Ramsky, but he says, no, no, call me Randy. Uh, yeah. Basically, says, you can't wrestle again. You cannot, you can't do that to your heart. Yeah. Your heart can't take it. And a lot of wrestlers will have heart problems because of the, the, the substance abuse and the steroid abuse they've had over the years. 
So a wrestler um, in, I think, 2005 by the name of Eddie Guerrero died, I think, uh, of, of a heart-related problem. And a lot of people have said that's because of the steroid he took in the past. Was that the same as that other guy who died driving the car? Uh, uh, no. Well, he died of a heart attack as well. I don't really know whether that was steroid abuse, but I know during the 80s a lot of wrestlers were doing it. Yeah. You know, and the fact that I, I think when you, when you have that lifestyle and, and you do that and you do abuse your body by taking the stuff, and some, I'm not being funny, a lot of wrestlers will uh, use painkillers to try and get over the pain. Yeah. Of, of obviously what what they've done to their body, you know, back aches and things like that. Some of them will even use horse tranquilizers to uh, just try paper over the cracks until you stop, and then yeah, they all come that's out. That's what they don't do. They? And even a lot of the surgery um, that, that a lot of wrestlers have on, like your knees, your back, and neck, is once again papering over the cracks. Yeah. Because the fact is, they're going to continue. They're going to continue to do it. Um, so it is all very. It is all very true to life, unfortunately. Um, and obviously, uh, while signing out of the hospital. Um, an envelope's given him for pay for the match and Randy goes to the pharmacy, gets his prescriptions from the hospital. I would love to have known how much he would got paid for that match. It, it was it no- worth it? In the, it would have just been n- nice to know, you know? No money was worth what happened to him afterwards. <laughs> Certainly no. not, no. No, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Um, he gets his prescription from the hospital. Uh, uh, he's embarrassed to pick him up. And then he goes back, uh, he goes back, he goes to pay, goes to the trailer, pays He's got friends. a hearing aid as well. That's, yeah, I, I like the effect of the uh, the, 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 the noise yeah. as he takes it out which is quite interesting it's brilliant isn't it it is isn't it it is really good and again that kind of adds to his age and the abuse that he's kind of suffered yeah, and put his body through as exactly. well he wears glasses as well later what we find out yeah um, so there you go uh, and obviously Randy once getting back from the hospital alone again at this point getting back yeah. alone I mean that's a pretty serious operation if anyone I knew even a friend that I knew was going to be alone, you'd at least say, look, I'll give you a lift back home. And make yeah. sure that, you know. But the fact he doesn't... Once again, this it's, superstar who this day would have millions of Twitter followers, mm. for example, has no one. He has to get a taxi from the hospital to the, yeah, the, the, to, to the parking back, back lot. To the parking lot. Picks his car, picks his van up, goes back home, he falls asleep. And the next day he invites her, one of the neighbours over to play a game of wrestling, featuring Randy on an old Nintendo console. As you quite rightly said to me the other day, they, they, they completely made that game, designed the game, just for this film. It's brilliant, isn't which it? Is, which is brilliant, yeah. The kid plays one match with him, and uh, Bobby leaves, uh, complaining he wants to play Call It Duty. Yeah. Call It what? Call, Call of Duty 4. Isn't it, I love that. Where he's talking about Call of Duty, and... Uh, he doesn't have a clue. He hasn't got a clue what Call of Duty is. But it actually. shows how much he's living in the past. He's playing... That game. Yeah, he's playing games of himself, yeah. winning. Yeah. And that's it, yeah. It's just brilliant. And he wins, he beats the kid, he's quite proud of it. Yeah. Then he goes, don't you want to fight back? Don't you want to get revenge now? Yeah. I call it duty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's about war. So there you go. Then he goes, he goes to the back, he goes to the strip club uh, to see his friend Cassidy. He says about, he says he wants to talk alone. She's a bit awkward at this point. Well, mm. actually, that's a, bit, that's, that's a bit bizarre, which I can kind of understand. Um, if, you, if you've got one of your punters. She keeps on going on about him uh, as not being a friend, about being a, uh, customer. a, a customer that she yeah. can't get close to the and, and, that, and that barrier happens a lot right up until the end of the film, I feel. Yeah, and that's kind of... Because you know, just by her body language, that she does really like him. Yeah. And again, she puts that barrier up of saying, she well, does. I can't do this because you're a customer. Like, we customer. don't do that. No. And again, it's that rejection. that he's, It's another rejection from another direction, basically, yeah. that he's got, isn't it? No, exactly. And he, t- he talks about how he's had this heart attack. Uh, they go to his van, don't they? Um, he tells her that he feels alone. And he's actually opening up to someone. Mm. 
Fair enough. It's a bit sad that it's the stripper he pays. But it's the first time he's done it for yeah, the whole film. He's never it? done it. I'd imagine he hasn't probably done it for years. Mm. He's been like almost living an autopilot, and then he says he wants to hook up with his and rekindle his relationship with his daughter, Stephanie, played by Evan Rachel Wood. And obviously, uh, I think she suggests that, uh, and then Randy kind of like he's not he's not, he's not too keen because he probably knows what potentially is coming, but he mm. does. Then he goes to his, his daughter's home, and uh, she pretty much refuses to have anything to do with him. She yeah. lives with another girl, which is obviously why when he says, I think she's a lesbian, we don't really know for sure. He just no, it that. never comes apparent, does it really? I mean, it, There's, no, even later on in the film it doesn't. You don't know whether they're, they're students, sh- in a student digs or anything like that, yeah. No, so I don't know whether the fact that he says he thinks he's a lesbian is... I, but I, I think that, I again, that's he just because that. he's... Out of touch, he, he's so out of touch that women can't live together unless they're lesbians. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. But Once just again, because, yeah, because he's living back in the eighties or whatever. No, no, exactly. And then uh, she, she yells at him for not being there during a hard child. You know, where were you and I needed you? How did you feel during this part when I felt so awkward for him? I felt when so she was for basically him. telling him to. I felt sorry for Randy. I felt really bad for him because he's trying. Finally, he's trying. Mm. But I'm like, well, she kind of has a point though. If that all that's true, you know, you were never here for me. Where were you when I needed you? Yeah, because she says that he was on the road all the time. Yeah. More interested in his wrestling career and the success of it, feeding off that. And now he's not got any success. And she really is very brutally honest, isn't she? She is. That because you've got nothing... But I'd imagine... Now you, you want to come be, back though. to me. Yeah. And he mentioned he had a heart attack. And she's like, well... You, you're instant, I think a normal person's reaction would be, well, you want me to look after you now, don't you? Yeah, she wants to look after you. No, fuck off. That's what she says, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and he, he looks he looks very, uh, very upset. I felt really bad. I, as you say, I, I can understand where she was coming from. But because of all the, the shit he's got prior to that and he's just such a sad lonely figure he is. I felt really really sorry for him he does doesn't he um, he, ends up, he ends up he ends up going to the strip club and he obviously tells Cassidy Pam of what, yeah. of what happened and then she basically says look maybe you should buy a present which is quite nice yeah but again um, it comes apparently he's got no clue has he he doesn't have a clue and this is another barrier he wants her to come with her mm. And she's like, no, no, you know, you, you can tell that. And she ends up saying, look, I'll come with you. Yeah. But I think she feels a bit sorry for him. Yeah, well, she That's looks at these other kind of idiots in the strip club and sees the girl on stage. Yeah. And it's as if I don't want to be a stripper at the moment. I want to be a, a normal human being and a friend. I think so. You, 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 that, that's that's the kind of impression yeah. I got. But just for the fact that she looked up and there was these sad, lonely blokes just sitting there watching. And I think she kind of pictured him as being exactly the same. And then... She just wanted to be a friend and yeah. uh, try and break those doors down, really. But She tries, and, but, then, but then she puts more doors up later on, doesn't she? I well, mean, yeah, and his choice in what he gets. That's great. When they're at the shop, they go oh. in the shop, they meet up. She's obviously, she looks completely different. Yeah. With no makeup on. She's still pretty. Yeah. But she looks completely, no makeup on, everything. It looks quite normal. He pays her a really bad compliment, doesn't he? I can't remember what he says now. He goes, you look clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look clean. As <laughs> if you look filthy every start of our date. That's yeah. not, yes. <laughs> You look clean. I don't know what that really meant, but uh, to remember that line. <laughs> you look yeah, well. Yes, yes. You look clean. Chat of line of the year. Um, and yeah, he picks out that oh, really horrible green top. Saying rock yeah. and roll. It's like a fifties like happy the, days top in it. Yes, yeah, it's got an S in the front for yeah. Stephanie, which is nice. Which is nice of your toddler. <laughs> yeah, he's but so proud of it. He is, isn't he? And obviously, she picks out. She's she's quite polite about it. She tries to say, well, you know, let's Goes see what else. Heart. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, well, yeah, maybe. But then they end up looking at the coat. Yeah, it's a nice warm jacket. And that's jacket. a really nice warm jacket because it's yeah. winter. 
And then she says, well, you know, you've got to go with your heart, man. Yeah. Uh, which uh, he, do, he does in the end, doesn't he? Um, he but yeah, he ends up buying both. And then, obviously, uh, that's when Cassidy opens up to him a bit, finally, and says, obviously, she's got a nine-year-old. I don't tell the punters that, though. It's not really a turn-on. Yeah. That, that was quite a nice moment, wasn't it? It was. She's finally opening up, saying she's about, especially about her private life and her children. He yeah. says, you don't give a shit. They're in a beer in the bar. And they have a, a sing-song and a dance, and they have a kiss, don't they? Well, they do. He says he keeps pressuring her. You know, you you, you got to go with me for a bit. You got in the end, she, she says yes. I mean, he gives her the Randy the Ram doll to say yeah. son, you know, for your son. She ends up uh, having a beer. They have a kiss and a cuddle, and they talk about how cool the eighties were. The nineties suck because yeah. it was great, and that Cobain had to come and fuck it up. I love yeah. that line. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was brilliant. And then they they, they dance around and around. I forgot who that's by. Sort of Cinderella, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he convinces her and then uh, they kiss and then she pushes him away saying oh, I know your customer yeah. I mean that was the first genuine moment no barriers between the two of them yeah. which I thought was brilliant yeah exactly yeah then instantly bang because yeah, yeah, you kind of want them to get together yeah he needs her and I think she understands him because obviously they've got this kind of client relationship haven't they not a proper friendship yeah, but she but knows she, everything but about she, him yeah but, she, I mean, but she's genuinely genuinely laughing and having a good time yeah almost by accident yeah and it's the first time that he's not a wrestler he's just a normal person isn't it, it? Is, it's the it same is. that you see of her as well and then Randy obviously goes to see his daughter Stephanie uh, he gives her the kiss he gives her the first one at first I'm thinking is that all he got her oh it's just getting I worse did. this film's just getting worse yeah and she opens it up and she's like, what? He goes, it's got an F for Stephanie on it. Yeah. He even says that. It's like, no, what are you doing, Randy? And then obviously he picks up. No, no, he realises what he's done. Yeah. No, this is a real gift. I was like, Back thank up goodness present. for that. Thank goodness yeah. for that. Yeah. And then Stephanie reluctantly, um, she opens it. And you, what I like about, obviously, even the actress, uh, you can tell the difference between the two presents she opens up. And it's nice, even in her face. Yeah. You know, um, she really likes it. See, if it was George Lucas doing it, she'd go, I really like this one, but not that one. Yeah. He, can't direct, he can't direct. <laughs> um, no. Not that you're bitter about anything. Well, no. I mean, well, quickly, Star Wars, he's changed it. You know the, the, the scene in Return of the Jedi? You know when the Emperor's killing Luke with his yes. electric powers? Darth Vader looks at the Emperor, looks at Luke, and then kills yeah. the Emperor. In the new one, he's got Darth Vader go, no! Oh, really? Him up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why, basically, it was, a, it was a bit of a dig at that scene, really. Oh, that was shit. See what I mean? Now, now you know... You, yeah, you know, fair play. What, yeah, because of look. And that looked, in Star Wars, just, just like this. I know it's completely different, but it says yeah. it all. You don't, need, you don't need words. No. Or actions, anything like that. Yeah. No. Um, actions speak louder than words. Exactly. And then, obviously, they have this really nice moment where they, they go for a walk. Randy confesses that he's not been a good father. And I thought, if anything, this is, this is, this is the, um, one of the scenes that should have won in the Oscar. Yeah. He's like, I'm an old broken down piece of meat. I just don't want you to hate me. Yeah. Essentially. And you, I, mean, I mean, even I welled up with it. Each time I see that, a little tear. A little tear yeah, it's a really heart. nice scene, isn't it? You kind of, you think that's a turning point where you do. And then she, everything's going well. Yeah, and especially when he, he's obviously poured his heart out, crying, you know, I realise I suck as a dad. He's walking, she carries on, she catches up with him and grabs his arm. Which yeah, I and they link lovely arms, moment. it's lovely, isn't it? It is, and then you have the music start as well. Right yeah. at that moment, fantastic yeah. editing. And then obviously they go into the ballroom where she kicks it down and they have a dance. And I think yeah. that's, that is such a nice scene. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Randy says, let's go to uh, dinner on, uh, sat on Friday. And she says, no, nah, Saturday would be better. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, he fucks it up again, doesn't he, he down the line? Fucks it up royally, he does, doesn't he? He does, but you still, feel, uh, you still kind of feel sorry for him. But anyway, a few days later, Randy goes to a convention to sign memorabilia for fans. 
Uh, only two fans show up. This is such a depressing moment, isn't it? He's in that room with the has-beens of wrestling. Yeah. And he's sitting there, and as you say, he's, he sits there on his table with his leaflets, his videos, his T-shirts, and they're all just so old, aren't they? Yeah. And the other wrestlers, one's got a catheter, one's in a wheelchair, yeah. one's yeah. asleep. Exactly. And it's just such... And even he sits there and kind of acknowledges the fact that... He realises, what am I doing? yeah. I'm, I'm with people, I'm a has-been, he's a has-been, he is, he is, I must be one as well. And it's just such a, another slap in the face and a sad moment in the film. But it's done, again, really, really well. There's virtually no dialogue in this part. No, it it's, doesn't need to be any, does it? No, it's just so powerful. It's a really, it really is. good scene. Yeah, I think the only dialogue comes from the people saying, visiting him, saying, oh, yeah, sign one, two, ram, as he take, they take yeah. the picture. And it's, it's just, you feel so sorry for him, don't you? Yeah, you do. You do, you do, and it, well, it just gets worse, doesn't it? Um, and then obviously, uh, he goes. Uh, he basically says, "I'm going to cancel the 20th century match with the Ayatollah." He yeah. realizes he can't really, he can't really do it. He wants to change his life. He's getting on with his daughter. He seems to be getting on with the stripper. And his job's going quite well. He's having yeah, fun. Yeah, he, he asked for more he? hours. Yeah, and that was a, that was a nice moment. Um, he goes for a job. He gets. Uh, he gets. He gets called Robin, which is actually his real name in in the film. Right. I think his real name is Robin. Ramzowski or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, donning an apron and hairnet, boss gives him a name tag, goes out to the deli counter, immediately gets in, it gets in the swing of things. And you believe he's having a good time. And that's, I believe that was improvised as well, was it? That was just... A lot of it was, yeah, spring chicken, one, two, yeah, he throws yeah. it, he throws it. And he's, again, he's happy. He's, he's happy. He's not a wrestler, he's, he's just normal. someone who's working in a shop, he's overcome that, that barrier of, I'm working on the deli counter and this is degrading. He's actually having fun and people are happy around him as well, which is yeah, which they're, is a they're, novelty. they're liking it. It is a novelty. I mean, if you had someone as happy at a deli counter, I'd want to. I'm a vegetarian. I'd want to buy more pepperoni or salami. I'll remember that. Person. I'll find the happiest deli seller in the world and yeah, I'll yeah, bring I'll, you along. I won't eat it, but I'll buy the salami. <laughs> I'll give it to my other half. Um, no puns. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, anyway, um, less jokes about salami. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slips, no, no. Yeah, I didn't um, even pick it up. He cares about about this. He go later. He goes to see uh, He goes to see um, Cassidy at the strip club. He gives her a thank you card, which I thought was really nice. And she's really cold straight away with him. Yeah, he wants her to read it in front so he can see her reaction. Yeah, I thought that was what I want to do. You know, when you give someone a present, you want to see their face. Yeah. Even with like with your kids, you're the half. You wouldn't want to buy my wife a present if, if I know it's something that she'll like, and and I've recently done it. That I want to give it to her now, yeah, even yeah. though her, like, her birthday's in three weeks' time. Yeah, you get so excited. I get so excited. I want to see it. Like, then I end up spending double money because I have to buy something else. Oh, so I just get so excited. Yeah. We're kids, really, aren't we? We're just big kids, really, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, it's, uh, he, he, he asks her if he wants to get a drink. She doesn't take drinks from customers. And then basically. Um, that's the thing, she uses that customers again, even though they've been out. But you know that she likes him, otherwise she wouldn't have kissed him. Yeah, but you get pissed off of her. I got pissed off of her at this point, because you think, why is she putting this barrier up in front of her, saying, and calling him a customer, not even by his name, and that's it. Yeah, and, and this is one of, one of the times where, obviously, he kind of loses his shit a bit. One yeah. or two times, and he starts going, you know, come and dance for me, I want to see that titty or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not particularly nice. It's, it's not... It, it needs to be done. 
Yeah. It, because they're upset, then Randy obviously goes to a wrestling show as a, as a spectator. This is where you see um, um, one of the wrestlers, uh, his name's R-Truth, a uh, black guy, black male, uh, who plays, uh, he's now, he, he's R-Truth down at the, he's got like red rocks and stuff. He's the one on the door? Uh, no, uh, past the door. He's, he's talking to him. It's, all right. It's, 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 all, it's all improvised. It's, it's almost like a cameo, but he's one of the few wrestlers still in the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, so there you go. Anyway, after the show, he goes out with the wrestlers, gets drunk, and ends up doing cocaine and having sex with a fan. Uh, uh, I did laugh when they were having sex in the toilet. Someone comes and he goes, get a room! Yeah, and goes, exactly, yeah. Slams the door again. That yeah. made, for some reason, that always makes me chuckle, that scene. I'm, I'm a child. You know, um, farting makes me laugh. So, and you, and you as well. Well, it does. We proved that before we started recording. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yes, we were trumping away. Now, the next morning, he gets, he gets home. But before that, he wakes up. He's wearing fireman. He's wearing fireman boots. She's, this, this girl is obviously uh. obsessed with fireman, which I thought was quite funny. Get, he gets home, uh, and then he basically passes out and falls asleep. Yeah. However, he wakes up, realizes it's Saturday, and he's completely missed. Obviously, his his dinner date with his daughter, which is uh, you, you you kind of fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, kind of thing. Yeah. Why? He, Why did he do it? I don't understand. I got annoyed at him for that. Yeah. But it's part of the film. It's part of the storyline of the film. And obviously, um, he goes back. He goes back. There, he kind of forces his way into the house. His daughter is in complete tears. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It really is awful. Yeah, and he tries to calm her down. She goes. She 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 throws a fit almost. Yeah. You can understand. She said, "I was waiting there for two hours. It was so embarrassing. I was worried about you." She was, and I believe she was genuinely because he's had a heart attack recently. Yeah. You know, she thought, "Oh God, maybe maybe he's." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, and it was just uh, it, this was a really sad horrible scene and she, she tries to hug him and she's like no you're broke this is broke I don't want to see you ever again I hate you yeah. um, and uh, she's like saying you can't change who you are you'll always be like that and Randy basically leaves and he's he goes, really well, cut up about it isn't he, he? Is. it's his own fault though yeah, yeah but I think at this this is the point where I thought that you, I got the impression that he's got nothing to live for now. He doesn't. He knows that. He feels that as well. Because he goes to work the next day. He becomes agitated while dealing with a, with a really annoying lady. Let's yeah. be honest, yeah. Too much. Too little. Too much. Yeah. I like the fact that he just doesn't give a sh- doesn't give a crap. He picks up. He starts eating a potato salad and goes, oh. "There you go. There's less yeah. now." Yeah, she would piss me off though. Going I on about that. I can't, I can't say. I, could, I, could, I don't think I could blame him for no. doing that. Really. Um, and then uh, another customer seems to recognise him, which gets him really annoyed. You, you know, you're Randy the Ram, you just look just like him. Yeah. He gets really annoyed, so he intentially cuts his thumb and the meat deli slice. He's that looks proper painful. Yeah, he punches the slicer. Oh, I couldn't believe that. Hand, and there's he? so much blood. And then he just, um, he's, yeah, he, he starts shouting. His manager comes out saying they're customers, and uh, he goes, You are so rad. <laughs> you talk to me like that, calling him a prick. I, I enjoyed that. Because yeah. his boss is an idiot, even though he likes watching mm. porn and you've got a knock on the door. Um, but that that point when he's walking around with the blood, it reminded me of when he was fighting earlier when he cut his head. Yeah, and that kind of it wasn't as if he felt any pain when he did that. It was more the show of the look of horror on other people's faces, the fact that there is so much blood and everyone bloody panicked and they were, weren't they? Yeah. didn't know what to do. So, so you think he was kind of getting off in it almost? It was just, yeah, he obviously completely went mad and he lost did. his rag about it. He did. But I think he fed off the reaction from his manager and all the other customers who thought, oh my God. But when he punched that slicer, I thought, bloody hell, it's just... I know, I know. Extreme. 
And then obviously that's when he calls. He, he, once he gets back, he calls up his uh, old manager and says, "The match is on. The match is on." Yeah. And we think, "Oh, this could be interesting." And then we see Randy bleaching his hair from a box, reading the instructions with his glasses, yeah. tanning himself, packing up his trailer with all his belongings, and, and then Cassidy obviously arrives uh, as Randy apologises, and she's saying that there's something between them, but obviously she's afraid to, to let him get close. So she's kind of opening up a bit more. Yeah. Uh, Randy's obviously resigned himself to the fact that he's meant to be alone, pretty much uh, drives off, but he gives, gives her a flyer. She's like, you have an arresting match, you can't do that. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He kind of tries to talk him out. This of it, really upsets her, doesn't it? Because yeah. after what she's been told, she knows that you're not going to get another chance at, at wrestling, or you, you either no. have a wrestling, or you try and settle down. But she's never let him in to actually offer any kind of relationship. No. So no. he's got no choice, really, is he? This is what he loves. This is no, yeah, no, exactly what he so. wants to do, really. And you can kind of yeah, and um, as Randy's getting ready to walk out of the ring, the crowd is obviously Charlie's name, but before that. We obviously, we obviously Cassidy at the um, at the strip club, and she kind of looks around and has has like an epiphany moment. What am yeah. I doing here? What, what am I what am I doing here? And yeah. she just gets up and quits. And yeah. the interesting thing is, before going to the strip club, she sees her son, which I think starts starts that thought thinking of, well, thought finishes it off for her. We're playing with Randy the Ram doll. Yeah, a bit of foreshadowing there. Maybe she's like looking at it. Yeah, obviously she quits her job. And it reminded me when she was at the wrestling match. Yeah. of Adrian. It did a bit, didn't it? Yeah. It says it didn't have the happy ending. Yeah, the way she's kind of yeah. there in the background. It was. And what I liked about when she quit her job, they're going, Cassidy, Cassidy. And then she walks out, takes a big breath and goes, it's Pam. Yeah. And walks off, which yeah. I thought was quite good. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, fast forward to the, uh, to the wrestling match. And, before, and um, she's like saying, don't go out. She warned him that his heart could give out if he wrestles. He kind of shrugs it off. He says that the real world doesn't care about him. The only place he belongs in the ring in the ring. And, the, and the most interesting thing he says is, I don't get hurt out in the ring, I get hurt out in the real world, mm. real world, which is all that we, we've learned watching this film. Yeah. He does, it's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. He's been hurt more in the real world than he has in the ring, especially emotionally. And it shows what, kind of the show of it, when they're talking about getting the, the show back together for the 20th anniversary, yeah. 20th anniversary, is when they find it, ask what the Ayatollah's doing, and he runs a successful car sales business. It shows it can be done, couldn't it? Yeah, which is a complete contrast. He's a very successful guy. He doesn't live in the past. He's, he's obviously. Yeah. We assume have invested his money a lot better. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a, a different. And I think they all feel sorry for for Mickey Rourke's character, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. And I think and I think we do as well. And before the match, obviously, Randy uh, gives a speech thanking the fans, telling him how he's lived his life, burning the candle at both ends, but. Even though people told him he'd wrestle, never wrestle again, uh, here he is. It's the only people that tells me when I'm done, are you guys here? And the fans love him. And it must be such a drug Did he do that? I, I didn't know whether he did that. It was at a ring of honour. It was a farewell speech. It was. It was at a ring of honour event. The match was shot, I think, over two, two events. And he, yeah, he came there. And there, there were fans actually to watch the Ring of Honour match. Right. And Ring of Honour is probably the third biggest wrestling company now in America. Okay. So, 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 you know, it's not the biggest deal, but they've got this crowd there, which is, you know, a big enough crowd, Chinese name, mm. which, which is fair, I mean, you know, which is fair play. Yeah. Do you think that the speech he did for the fans was the fact that he knows he's going to die, this is a, a goodbye, think, I'm going to try and put a, a, the best show on I can for you? It may well be. And I just, thought it was. Yeah, that's what I got, that but, he's really given up on everything, isn't he? Yeah. Um... No, actually, and the match begins, the crowd obviously gets into it. As it progresses, Randy, he starts to deviate from the planned match. And obviously concerned, the guy playing the Ayatollah, well, the Ayatollah asks if he's all right. Randy's basically, uh, we realise that Randy's doing this on purpose, that he wants, 
he wants his heart to give out. Um, so you could argue. I mean, did you feel Do you that? think so? See, he wasn't. I the only know, reason really why I'm saying that, you is say the, that. the Ayatollah gave him a lot of opportunities to end the match early, and he didn't. No, there was a lot of times when he kept saying, are you all right? And then he, he said, pin me on. down, pin me down, yeah. come on. And he didn't. And well, Randy, he's refusing did, to stop, isn't he? Yeah, but did you think he did that because he wanted to die? Or do you think he did that because he wants to put a show on for the people and he wants to do his custom uh, I move? I think he's, uh, it's a bit like that in acting or theatre, the show must go on. Yeah. And he's like... You know, I'm going so to I don't think he done. actually wanted to... I never got the impression that he wanted to die. I think I got the impression that putting on a show for the people more, was more important because that's what he's always done. And if he's doing that, then these people are going to love him going out of the top rather true, than this true. is going to make me die. I mean, that's another way of looking at it. I, I've always watched it and uh, obviously uh, we see him getting up, getting up on the top right, doing the round jam and obviously... No, there goes the credits. We don't really know what happened. Yeah. You just hear cheering. And then obviously you've got the fantastic Bruce Springsteen thing song yeah. called The Wrestler. Have you ever seen a one trick pony? Because you know. I thought um, it was really sad during the fight that um, the Ayatollah kept, was so worried about him that he kept t- telling him that you, obviously he was going to win it anyway, but like, pin me down now, do yeah. this now, do and that now. And it was his own choice no, to do his move of climb up on the ropes. It was. And the, and the other sad, the other really sad thing... Was that Cassidy had gone. Cassidy had gone. Because he, he looks up, doesn't he? Yeah. And sees that she'd gone. And you wonder, well, she's still there. Because that's what made me wonder. If, if he would have looked up at the start of the fight and Cassidy had gone, then that's I true. would have thought that he's got nothing to lose because now he's lost her. But the fact that he went through all of this believing that she was there... And then it was only when he went up onto the ropes to do his move oh, that he wasn't really there that, that, um, that kind of made me feel that he's doing this for the fans because he's just a complete showman. That's well, all he is. I know a lot of wrestlers would, will say I'm doing it for the fans. It's because of the buzz they get from it. The fans are cheering, so you want to do it more. Yeah, uh, and know? this is his chance he's yeah. got. So that, that's what made me think. It could be. Otherwise, it's uh, uh, kind of goes against what he believes of I want to die and I want to die in the ring for it. He's more interested in, I want to make the fans happy and be remembered. It, it, it may well being be. Being the hero and being, I died doing my move. Do you think? How cool is that? that well, what way to go if you're, if you're arrested? Do you think he died? Because, um, I mean, the, the director and the, and the writers have both been spoken to and they said they, mm. they purposely left that open for people to... Part, I don't know, it, you died. can't look at it both ways. Part of me, it would be nice if he did die because he died doing something he liked. Yeah. Um, and that's what you'll be remembered for and like most, many people when they die they go to legend status cause, just because they're dead like Kurt Cobain and people like that yeah. you know what I mean they're not really beforehand he was quite successful but now it gets blown out of proportion it does, people who wasn't even born when he died wear t-shirts and shit yeah. like that on there you know nothing um, but yeah but I mean we're happy if he died because if he would have carried on living What's he got he to live for? What's he got to live for? If that ex- wouldn't have... I secretly, I secretly wanted him to have a heart attack, be in hospital, wake up and Cassidy's daughter were there. I doubt that would have happened. No, because... In, in, my, in my, <laughs> my scenario, I like yeah. happy endings. And that would have been lovely, but the way the film was, the direction it was going in, the tone yeah, of it... Yeah, you're right. He would have got through this, then possibly wanted to do more, and then died, and it would have carried on his shitty life existence again. So at least if he died doing something... So I'm saying he didn't die, it. you're saying he did. Yeah, I'm thinking he did die. It sounds, sounds bad, but it makes me happier if he's dead. It is, it is, it is. Um, and also, uh, I mean, interesting fact we were talking about earlier, 
Nicolas Cage was uh, the studio wanted Nicolas Cage for it once again how he, awful would that he have did been? attend a Ring of Honor event a wrestling event for, for allegedly research it would have been a shocking film because he would the work he did to build himself up and he looks really good condition, doesn't he? he? Yeah. Physically in this film. Especially for his age. Yeah, he looks brilliant. He was, but he was old. Nicolas Cage, yeah. it just never, ever would have worked out. No. Uh, and he's just not that kind of character. He's got, done too many previous films for you to be able to take him serious as a wrestler. Mickey Rourke yeah. can do this. I think he's, he's he so was, diverse. He, was, he won a Golden Globe for this. He was nominated for an Oscar, didn't win. I think Sean Penn may have won. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think Sean Penn... Is amazing. No, I mean he should have won an Oscar. No, his, I, I, felt, I felt he should have won an Oscar. One, one I mean, and even um, based based on the Oscar and everything, he was uh, about to have, meant to have a match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. It didn't transpire. They ended up having a match. They actually had promos on like a morning show. So what? This was, was in two thousand um, what eight? Nine. Two thousand nine. Well, two thousand eight. Uh, we saw it two thousand nine. It came out the cinema. So it would have been an Oscar winner in two thousand and nine, would it? It was. It was an Oscar nomination. It wasn't an Oscar winner. It was a Golden Globe winner. In 2009, I think Mickey Rourke may have even won the BAFTA for that film as well for this film. But it would have, was it nominated for the Oscars in it 2009? Was yeah, he was nominated. He was nominated for Best Actor, but he didn't win. So it'd be interesting. Um, for, so for the Best Actor in 2009, who won? Uh, I think it was Sean Penn. But have a look. I'll have a look now. He comes. He comes. He comes. So I'll, whilst we're doing that. I'll go through my best bits, worst bits. Uh, ghost you. Um, my, I've, I haven't really got any worst bits in this film. I no. have to say, um, I think if you had to, if you're being really, really picky, the worst part is probably the, the very low tone of the film, of the fact that it's quite a moody film and it's, it's not a very awesome. happy film. Um, that's, that was very difficult. <clears throat> um, but but the I mean the, the best parts was well I mean there was so many there were, there? The, the whole film I thought it was the dialogue the filming the, the the music the choreography for the wrestling I thought the pace of the film um, when you think there was really the main character <clears throat> was really uh, Cassidy and uh, the Ram. They were just brilliant. They really were, and the insight in between of the lockers yeah. and the other wrestling that came on um, were, were brilliant. Really were really good. So uh, I'd give this film uh, four out of five. Oh, that's, that's a good score. That's a good yeah. score. Um, I, I I like the entire film. Being a wrestling fan, there were so many things which uh, which, which I thought were brilliant. I thought the three wrestling matches, the fact that they were so different from each other, were, were brilliant. You actually had like everyone. The three main characters were fantastic in their roles. Uh, I mean, the highlight obviously being, I think, I think Mickey Rourke, and then particularly his scenes with his daughter Stephanie, played by Rachel Evan Wood. In terms of a worst thing, I think you're right. They're, because it ends so badly, there's not there's the, the happy moments are completely outweighed by the by the not happy moments. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 you leave somewhat a bit depressed, I think, of of the film and the, and the way it is. Uh, I'm giving it a five out of five. Because because I, because I love I, I love it so I love it that much. I mean it's up, it's up there with you know thing. I've watched it as many times as I've watched probably Jaws and and, and some of the Batman ones. So excellent stuff. You're right. Sean Penn won the best actor. Um, what was it? What film was it for? I can't find what film it was for. Even looking on IMDb. Okay. So if anybody does know, um, I'm sure there's lots of people shouting it out now as they're listening. Um, just send us a tweet at the Film Real Cast or email us um, the Film Real Cast at Gmail. 
dot com. Yeah, dot com. So, um, yeah, I really don't know, but you're right with uh, Sean Penn. So, the next film we are doing is we're going to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. I do hope we do anyway. Um, We're going to do 1986, another John Hughes classic film. Because we we don't like to stay in the... uh, the, I can't even, I don't know what you're saying yeah, I, don't the the, I said the noughties the Han Solo spaceship the Han Solo spaceship too long um, so we're going to do Ferris Bueller's Day Off from Matthew Broderick so uh, which is a film I haven't watched for a long time it's not it's not and it's not and, and it's true after after Ferris Bueller's Day Off though we, we, we have we have quite the treat for everyone yes I'm really really excited about that Me too. so uh, we'll be announcing that next week but um, again hopefully you never know as a surprise we might even be joined by Graham and Nim, who knows? So then we can ask them where they've been. I'm more confident in Graham because I feel positive things coming out of that course. I think so, and I'm really looking forward to a beaming smile face. I might even put it on Twitter. If he does crack a smile during the podcast, I will post a picture. If anybody knows what Nim looks like or what a Nim is, if they could let us know as well, and then we can bring that along. But again, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And uh, again, next week, we'll be doing this again. You have a beer with me? Uh, I've got to get going. One beer. I really... I got a, I got a kid. You have a kid? Well, what do you have, a boy or a girl? Boy. Jameson. How old? Nine. Wow. Who would figure, huh? Well, not something I usually tell the customers, not exactly. It's not a turn on. Uh, Hold on. Wait a second. I want you to give this to your little guy. It's a a Randy the Ram action figure. Tell them not to lose it. It's a $300 collector's item. Really? No. <laughs> Come on, hey, one beer. Okay. <laughs>